Alright, we're back on the Triple Six Rivals podcast And unfortunately, it truly is a sad day Because a lot of things that we've been talking about for the last months Are coming to pass So, if you don't know, violence is erupting again Just like it did before in the summer And surely it's going to happen again But this time, it's different Because it seems like it might be the tipping point. So, with that, I don't know, D. How do you feel about it? Well, I'm shocked that this is the first time in my lifetime I've ever seen a leader, a United States presidential candidate, Donald Trump, inciting violence and then successfully having supporters of his storm the White House. That's a pretty scary time, I'd have to say. It just happened a couple hours ago. Exactly, and like I said, it's extremely sad Because unfortunately, I mean, knowing Trump's character And you don't have to be a fan of Trump You don't have to be a hater of Trump You just gotta know human nature And you gotta know a person's character And knowing who this man was We knew he wasn't gonna go quietly We knew no matter what he said He was never gonna give up So we called that from the beginning And it's truly scary This is what happens when Fanaticism basically goes to the next fucking level. It goes unchecked. Exactly. So, I mean, you hear me say all the time, where do we go from here? So, I mean, truly, where do we go from here? Because, I mean, I don't know. It's interesting. the Because the country, it seems just not even a month and a half ago, right? Right before the election, you had businesses preparing for riots, massive riots and demonstrations. There were already demonstrations going on because of the death of George Floyd. Now we're seeing major demonstrations from the opposite side. Whereas before we were seeing demonstrations from the left and the fanatical left, now we're seeing demonstrations from the radical right. So this is something that the country didn't prepare for. We, we expected the demonstrations if Donald Trump was to have taken office and won the election legitimately. This, I don't think anyone expected. There seems to be a, a phenomenon, and I don't know exactly what we would call it, but it seems to recur every century where you have these events that cause these counter-events, and they build and they expand until it culminates into the ultimate event. And then things are either shattered or completely destroyed by it. But unfortunately, it seems like we're on that path. And it's just amazing to me how you can see it in history. I know you can, D, where you can just see the patterns. I see right now the polarization. See, it surprises me that they didn't take measures. The government, Congress didn't take measures to proactively uh, guard against this and deter this from happening. Because... With the outcome of the election, just what we had, the results we had, just seeing the divide of the country like that, that's some kind of division that we haven't seen in a very long time. And that should have been, that's a red flag, red flag, red flag indicator. And it looks like, I mean, in my opinion, there's a couple things that are driving this division right now. If we're going to speak the truth and be honest, it's definitely Trump. I mean, one way or another, he has to go because he's definitely driving it. He's technology, it. technology's definitely driving it, driving it too, as well as the people that control the technology. They're not helping by shutting people down and banning them. But either way, we have a combination of factors right now. We have a pandemic. We have lots of people unemployed. We have lots of people pissed off. And at the same time, we have one party that looks like they're on the verge of unchecked power. And that thought alone, D, don't you think that's scary as hell? 
So one of the interesting things, you know that I studied, uh, I studied campaign finance and the electorate in the United States since its inception. And like I was pointing out to you earlier today, it's kind of interesting how there has only been three or four times in the history of the United States since our birth of us as a nation where one party held unchecked power like that. And, that, and that's what the Founding Fathers created the Constitution, so that it would guard against one party holding power in, in the executive as well as the legislative branch. Yeah. I mean, it's, like I said, a lot of people don't want to give the Founders credit, but they were definitely experts when it comes to human nature and when it comes to how human beings interact with one another. And but it's interesting, the well, point that you put... My question to you is, what have you seen since 2001, since the 9-11 attacks? I've seen, a steady, I've seen a steady progression towards fanaticism. It started with Obama, but it really, really probably started with Bush and the Iraq war and them lying to us about weapons of mass destruction and carried on to Obama. That gave birth to the rise of the Tea Party that brought about the populism of Trump. You and well, Trump where we're at today I'm, with I'm people shooting to, each other in the Capitol. I'm getting to the concentration of the power where since two thousand one we've seen this occur three times in the last twenty years. Right, it's two thousand twenty now. Yeah. What that tells me is that the electorate the body politic of America is getting more out. You see it, right? That's you that's do. definite proof right there. And you see the polarization within the body, body politic, right? Absolutely. Right now, we're so far apart. I don't know how we get... To, D, honestly, and we talk about this all the time, we talk about this exhaustion, but I don't know how we get people from Nebraska to see eye-to-eye with people from... California, L.A. Portland, mm-hmm. New York. I mean, it's, it's a pretty big divide at this point. I mean, we should all be in this as Americans. We should all value freedom. We should all value... The opinion of the other person. We should all respect rights. We should all respect a lot of things that we're not respecting right now. And a lot of the things, like you said, that our founders put these things in place so that we wouldn't do these things. To and yet we're still doing them. Correct. The measures, it doesn't matter. So, unfortunately, this is a surprise podcast because God's history is being made today. I'll stop so long ago. No, it's still recording. Alright, unfortunately, history is being made today. And what will tomorrow bring? With this mob democracy, we've become a mob democracy. Well, like I said, I know our democracy is absolutely completely dysfunctional right now. The government has been a abysmal failure basically since... 2001. I don't know, my entire life, man. When I was 10 years old, all I heard about was the president giving blowjobs in the offense, and then it's lying about weapons of mass destruction, and then it's the rise of radicalism from both sides, and then populism, and then bam, it culminates into one big bang. And it's just truly sad, so. Like I said, I've got some ideas, but I think at this point, as you guys will come to find out, ideas are truly all that we have. And we got to learn to use our ideas. Because if not, we are truly fucked. We have to use our ideas to guard against tyranny. People have to learn how to use the structures that are already there in order to <clears throat> gain access to make the political change they want to see within their own lives. We need to start taking taking it upon ourselves to change the constitution and re- and write legislation through ballot initiatives. 
and there are ways for us to collectively get together and do this. Nonprofit organizations, 501c3 organizations, it's the only way for people to truly fight the tyranny and the corruption that's become institutionalized. Mm -hmm. I'm way too simple for all that. That's why we need people like you. But either way, <clears throat> I know it's going to be a long road. So, with that, I don't know. Where do we go from here? Like I said, at this point, you can't even have a conversation between both sides about it erupting into. Well, now people are pulling guns on each other on the floor, so. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, first, that's how things escalate. You know, first it's, uh, you're a Nazi, you're a communist online, and then all of a sudden it's, you're a Nazi, you're a communist in person, and then before you know it, you find out what Nazis and communists truly are. We have to stop demonizing each other through symbolism, because when you call somebody a Nazi or a fascist or criminal, what you're doing is you're setting a preconceived notion in the populace's head of what that person is, whatever that preconceived notion is to, to eat each his own, right? So even if that person doesn't actually display tendencies or attributes or even have ideological alignments along those lines, it does, it's almost too late. They're going to have to fight harder in order to fight against those preconceived notions of whatever they're being branded as. Yeah, because unfortunately, I don't see uh, I don't see I don't see Joe Biden bringing us together. I don't see him as a great uniter. So as as it stands, and here's my future prediction: who's ever worse, whoever comes after Trump, it's going to be far worse. Because it seems that's the road we're on. And it's human nature to keep on going down that road until we absolutely just either self-destruct or we evolve. So. Well, let's think about what's happening right now. Washington's got a 6 p.m. curfew. They're three hours ahead of where we are right now. Uh, looks They've like got the National Guard rolling in. Grown men playing little kid... Grown men playing games that they really don't know about. Like they can defeat... Huh. Uh, the military might of the United States government, please. I mean, many have tried, especially over the last 70 years, so... Last time I checked, we're still here, so... This is just the first time we've ever seen a U.S. president inciting violence against the Congress. But we knew he would. We know his character. Just like we're going to get into our next episode. What are we talking about? Napoleon, right? That's what we're talking about on our next episode. Napoleon is our next episode. Yes, this is so. If we're gonna, edition. if we're gonna, if we're gonna compare just on just a little bit right now between Napoleon and Trump, see any similarities? I know I do. In the character, you have two deep narcissists. Oh my god, deep. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a good word because uh, they both would never give up. And there's a a certain personality type throughout history you can see. Who never give up and they always go down in flames and they take everyone with them and guess what guys? Machiavelli spoke of them. That is Prince. that is Donald J. Trump. I'm not saying Biden's gonna be any better, he's a fucking monster. Biden but I'm just not, I'm not saying okay. Biden's better, but so, let's not <laughs> He's a fucking monster too, but let's look at this objectively, just from the type of characters. Between Napoleon and Trump. Yeah. Or he, Napoleon, Trump and Biden. Those are that's a very strong statement, see. Okay. So that Going with what I said, let's not symbolically demonize Donald Trump by calling him Napoleon, okay? Because if we have European listeners, that's not going to have a very good image. Let's let the people 
analytically well, come just, to the conclusion on their own. I'm just saying they share a lot of they so share a lot of the same characters. Let's objectively so. analyze these two types of men. Biden is a man who has lost everything and has nothing left to lose. Donald Trump is a man who has everything to live for, a young 15 or 14-year-old son, a beautiful daughter. Let's just think of the dichotomies here and the problems associated with think the about, two types we, of characters. We can think about it all we want, but objectively we can see all Trump cares about is winning so he don't give a fuck about his family so he's a man he don't give, with, he don't give a fuck about his 14 year old son a man with an unappeasable appetite thus a dangerous man with everything to lose and nothing to gain really from this aspect. yeah he still yeah but Biden still has a couple sons a daughter grandkids he's got a lot to lose Trump is just a fucking you gotta understand Trump is uh, you guys are gonna come to find out what Trump exactly is. So I don't have to tell you. He displays. He's gonna. Um, he's gonna write the story. Of sadism. He's he's gonna write the story himself. Well, like I said, I'm not smart enough on psychology or human behavior to talk on that. But like I've seen that character enough. That one that always goes down in flames and takes everyone with him. That's the type to lead two million men into the frozen barrens of Russia and then abandon them when things get hard. Well, look how many all to die. So look how many people have already died from the <laughs> coronavirus because. Oh yeah, uh, sixty day, sixty a day where I'm at. They dropping like flies. I mean, Corona's like the fucking serial killer. This motherfucker, man. The worst. Dropping bodies killer. over here. Silent, yeah, I know. Unseen. But that just speaks to like <clears throat> you can blame both parties because it was an abysmal failure on the government. Because look at California. It's democratically run. It's in absolute fucking flames. Same thing They're with New York. They're fleeing and keeping my property values up. So, keep on coming. So, it's funny to think that one side or the other is right. No one's right. We're all human beings. That means we're all susceptible to all the things that human beings have always been susceptible to. And we keep forgetting that every generation. Like, we're better. Human vice. Oh, yeah. But there's human virtue, too. But I'm seeing far more vice these days, driven by social media, technology. Well, in the last episode, we virtue. covered the Enlightenment. Part of what we left out, though, were the Scottish philosophers, right? Like Adam Smith, Mandeville. Changed the world. They did change the but world. But the, their ideas also got distorted. People f- seem to forget. So there was a man named, by the name of Mandeville, a Scottish philosopher. Yes, he and was. he was in stark contrast. called him a devil he said he was the man devil and his name was befitting but what he said is that the only reason government should be is so that the government can protect private property so that human vice will lead to virtue what do you guys think about that do you think our vices if put in competition with each other will bring out our virtues like mandeville said well it depends and honestly, like I said, our vi- will our vices bring out our virtues? Probably not, because I mean, not- nothing comes from nothing. So I don't know how vice can come from virtues. Well, so. the alternative is what we end up with: is we end up with a system that tries a governmental system that tries to curb our vices. So by res- putting restraints on biological drivers, you don't think that's going to cause these drivers to fester in Either the social? Way, if they do, what's going on right now? I don't know, like I said. But with that, we're going to end this podcast. So until next time, talk to you again. Peace.